Hey, this is The Bomb Diaries, and I'm your host, Chris Flail. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening, for all you who download, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this thing. We picked up a bunch of new listeners, and I'm, I'm curious to find out how you found us. And so to everyone across the United States and across the world, we picked up a bunch of international listeners. And just this past week alone, we've, we've got listeners in the U.S., obviously, Canada, uh, Colombia, Brazil, South Africa, Turkey, Spain, Italy, France, the United Kingdom, even though we talked a ton of smack about the United States uh, Women's World Cup team. So thank you for not quitting on us, even though we talk trash. Norway, uh, Japan, Australia, Indonesia, Malaysia, Sri Lanka. Thank you so much for I don't. I'd love to hear how you found us. So if you can, send me a message, uh, either either at Chris Flail on Instagram, at Chris Flail Twitter, Chris Flail Facebook, Chris.Flail, F-L-A-I-L, at gmail.com. Send a message, let us know how you found it, what you like, what you want to hear more of. If you have any inside baseball comedy-related questions, strange news around the world, let us know. Look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, enjoy this episode with my good friend and very funny man, Joe Alanese. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff and... We got a 6.9 magnitude earthquake in the middle of this episode that you will hear. And on my Instagram, in a day or two, you will see because we have it actually on videotape. So thanks a lot again. Enjoy. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Yeah. You always pump fake me. You'll come in with a whisper, and then as soon as this thing's, I'll turn you up to nine, and you'll go, hey, everybody. I love the NBA Jam shirt, by the way. I need to go to that website. I was on there last night. I almost bought three shirts because they were having a sale. Then I was like, do I really want to be the guy that's always wearing the silly shirts or the NBA shirts? or like? And then I thought, yeah, I do. Why? <laughs> so, yeah, why not? So I, uh, I actually bought a... Heart Foundation shirt. Heart Foundation. The old uh, Bret Hart and the Anvil. Yeah. yeah so I bought Jim, one of those. They, they have like Jim all the kinds Anvil of Anvil Nightheart. Yeah, yeah. And there and Jimmy, Jimmy the uh, the manager. The mouth of the South. Yeah, there you go. So Jimmy all three Hart. of them are on the shirt. I'm actually pretty excited to receive that. That's one. a great shirt right there. Great vintage. What's the name site? of the website? Homage. homage 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 or homage yeah so homage. it's they have sales every single day it's like one of those things where you log on and it's like hurry up it's it's gonna end today but their shirts are amazing write that down uh if go check them out go get you some vintage nba shirts no credit card problems they don't steal your identity or any no, shit like they, that they're, they're legit man actually lebron james when he when they beat the warriors that year with the Cavs, when he got off the plane he was wearing an ultimate warriors shirt that was an homage shirt. Oh wow! And they're and they're a company that's based out of Cleveland, Ohio, and they're a small company. So like they actually that him do, wearing that actually kind of elevated their their stock a little bit. Big support for the local business. Yeah, so good for Daddy LeBron. Yeah, so a lot of their stuff is pretty Ohio centric. If you get on there, it's a lot of Ohio State shirts, but for the most part, their NBA vintage shirts are awesome. I'm gonna go check that out. You should. I have a, I have a pair of John Daly pants. I don't know if you know about that. You know John Daly, the golfer. Yeah, but that's <laughs> you know the goofy pants that he always wears yeah you have some of those he has his own website for those 
and you can buy them. I have them in my closet right now. Maybe I'll pull them out at the end of this episode. Yeah, and then just show them and, to the and show them. them to the people. I'll wear them on camera. You should always wear those as a little teaser. So you can buy the whole run of them. They're pretty expensive. They're anywhere from eighty to about one hundred and twenty dollars. But if you have eighty dollars to waste, worth it. Do you think is that like a thing for golfers? Do you think you think they're like oh when I. You know, when you're young and you play basketball, you're like, oh, one day I'm going to have my own shoe. Do you think they're like, oh, I can't wait to have my own limited edition slacks? I think just him. <laughs> That's something that he would. He's kind of a wild guy. Yeah, no one else really does that quirky style besides him. He was he was the only guy getting drunk out on the fairways and shit, too. So he's an anomaly. But if you did do that in the PJ, I've always felt like there's an opportunity for somebody to be a little bit wilder. Yeah, because nobody is for one. Uh, they have nobody that really relates to like a younger generation of people except for maybe Tiger Woods, and even he's kind of aging out of there already. But if you had somebody who was not even young, just cool, like somebody cool who's just like, I'm just going to wear like whatever I want. I'm going to react right. after I hit the ball every time. I'm going to be silly, not take it so seriously, but it's such a like stay-in-your-lane sport, no emotion. Uh, but if somebody were to do that, they would make a killing. We need a happy Gilmore. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know how much people like how many me I'd watch golf just for that. When was the last time you watched golf? Like a whole go- golf thing? I've never watched a whole golf thing. Neither neither ha- have, have I. you golfed before? I've only done like the ranges, like going to the range and hitting. hitting You've never gone on a course? No, I I worked a couple like back in my day, like at, when I worked for a radio station, we would have like a annual golf thing. And you'd be like a shot girl. You'd hand out shots and yeah, wear skimpy we clothes and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. We'd be doing stuff like that. I We'd wish sit I at the hole in, one, hole in one hole or whatever. <laughs> hole in one hole. You really were a shooter, Yeah, girl. yeah. It was, uh, I, I don't know much about Smack golf. Smack it here, boys. Hey, but we used to have a hole in, wo- a hole in one, and if you, get, if you get a hole in one, god damn it, you would win a car. No one ever did but that. But you had to have five people sit at that, at that particular... Um, range i don't know what, what's the terminology like that hole is that hole i guess yeah. and they would have to validate that somebody actually did it okay and there's like a whole insurance thing behind it if somebody does win right the insurance covers it or whatever but like nobody ever did it no so i didn't really get to see everybody on the range i just got to sit at this one hole and wait to you know to see people not just get staring at a hole yeah exactly exactly no thanks i golfed four times ever Hated all of them. I'm pretty sure the people I went with, I ruined their day every time I went. One of the times I went was for a law firm I was working at over a summer. And it was supposed to be at this real swanky place. I think they called it Shangri-La. This is in Oklahoma. And they said I needed to buy golf shoes in order to... You couldn't just wear sneakers on this course. You had to buy golf shoes. Oh, how much did that set you back? It was like 40 or 50 bucks that I didn't necessarily have at the time. And I bought these shoes to, to be part of the team. And then at the last minute, they moved it to this janky public course that you just could have worn sneakers for anyway, so I never even wore them. Oh, do you still have them? Nope. I got rid of them. I, I, I donated them. Oh, I didn't Gone. know that there was specifically golf shoes. Yeah. I thought you could just wear any like Air Force Ones out there. They look like regular shoes. They just have these prongs in them or whatever. I, I don't uh, know. I don't uh, want to go golfing anywhere where they require a certain shoe. I don't want to go golfing. Anyway, I'll do mini golf and I'll do driving range. I don't I don't want to combine the two ever. Driving range, mini golf, and I can only do driving range for about 15 minutes before it becomes stale. What the fuck? Yeah. 
it's like bowling. Like bowling, golf, anything where you have to wait for your turn. Bowling with a big party is okay. And not even that. I hate it. You don't like it? No, I just don't like anything where I have to... Because I, I, I don't know if it's like... I don't think I'm competitive, but the social the socializing that happens in between your your turn like i just want to bowl right or right. i want to win but i don't like waiting for my turn i don't like waiting fi- for five people to bowl and then forgetting it's my turn and then they hit you and they're like hey you're up and then it's like i know i'm up because i'm waiting the whole time in between all i'm doing is waiting for my turn here's a parallel to especially the open mics being part of a big party on a bowling night is very similar to being a comic like at Rocket Shop during the open mic where after every after someone throws a ball, they come back and you're like, all right, high five. And at that moment, you realize, oh, shit, I got to high five everybody now. Every All 15 people. I got to give 477 high fives out today. And at some point, I'm going to lose the energy for this. And whenever I do, it's going to look like I just don't like that person anymore. Yeah. That happens. I get busy in the mid, like an open mic night. I get busy in the middle of the night and try to, because I just, it gets old and it feels, or if someone just, if someone, you've had this before where you do well on stage or you think you do what, whatever you do on stage. Someone, when you come off, someone goes, hey man, that was really great. And then later in the night, someone eats dog shit up there. And when they come off, that same person goes, hey, that was really yeah. great. <laughs> Good job up there, man. You want to chase him down and go, hey, don't you don't you be like that. Well, well it's so generic. So you get to I do give it. everybody, yeah, you get to give everybody a good job at your open mic because you're hosting it. So like you forcefully have to talk to every every comic as they get off stage. But do you ever do you ever see like when you're telling people like, oh, good job, and they didn't do a good job or they feel they didn't do a good job, and when you go to tell them like, thank you, grab the mic, that they're just defeated. Like where you're just all like, the time, <laughs> you're like oh man, all the time, and I'll, and so I'll say good shit or good job when someone comes off stage because it's really hard to do and really scary to do. So even if you did really poorly and failed, good job going up there. It's still it's still scarier to do than anything else going on in this room tonight. It was way easier to not go and cynically roll your eyes in the back room. So good job, but I run into that all the time. I watch faces. It's it's why. Regu- you feel like you get a cheat code for regular life because I can, I know you see this too, I can see somebody breaking immediately. And when, let, let's say we're out on the driving range and like we're someone, me and someone are talking shit to each other and they hit a ball and it didn't go as well as it. I can see someone start to fold under pressure before they even know they're folding under pressure. Because you've seen it. I've seen 20 it. 20 times in a row. I've seen it 20 times in a row at least twice a week for nearly six years now so when someone starts to buckle it i don't even recognize that i see it it just triggers a reflex in me now and so i see people come off stage all the time and their face drops or they're broken and sometimes they want to alleviate the pressure from themselves and look to me for the affirmation of like hey can you tell me i did good and i'll yeah just give me let me let me take anything away from this just anything I did that, not me personally, but at the last Rocket Shop show, Austin went up second. And going up in the first three to four slots is pretty difficult, period. Like, period. But I remember he came up to me before the show, and he's like, I'm going up second. And like, I, I, really, I, I really wanted to go in the middle. And he had people there. And, and you know, like as soon as you see the lineup and you're going up first or second, you're like, okay. I'm just kind of biting the bullet. Like, I'm just, 
it's kind of a compliment because it's like, okay, these people can set the energy. But at the same time, if you had your choice, you're going up either last or you're going up in the middle. And he went up, did his thing. And as soon as he got off stage, you could just see it in his eyes that he was like, and I went to go give him like the good job. And he's like, he just made like a noise. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's, and he did do a good job. But the way you internalize that stuff from stage and you can see when a person, when the first two and a half minutes you're fighting and fighting and fighting and then you, you get past that hump where you're like, okay, I'm not. I don't have enough time to bring this back and I'm probably not going to be able to bring this back. And so you can see that they not gave up, but you just take it as like, this one's not going to be for me tonight and that's fine. Let me just go through my set. And it happens so much at like one, two, three, like those slots, or you're just not given enough time to fight back. Like it's so hard to fight back in a five minute set. Well, and if you're your own worst critic, you feel it hard. Like, like, when people ask me, for instance, last night, we had a comedy night last night where the crowd was big. Um, the night went well. For for nearly everyone else there, they felt like it was a great time. The crowd loved it. They had a blast. Most of the comics had a blast. Um, now, for me, I went up 17 times. I did my set and went up 17 times between comics. I bombed probably about five of those times six of those times i did okay mediocre another five or six times and then did well in between five or six times the five or six times that i bombed are the only ones i've been thinking about yeah because you just you you only remember the hands you don't win and so when i talk to somebody on the way home like if i'm talking to my brother or lexi or something like that they'll say how was the night oftentimes i'll say it was i'll say it was all right only i know that the night was not what it should have been no one else in the room does but you're doing a lot of things in between comics like i could tell you pick and choose like you have all your bits in your tool belt Mm. and if a comic goes up and like the energy is really low you're gonna pick and choose two things you know that you know are gonna work and you're gonna do whatever you can to set up the next comic so that they have a little bit of energy. So, like, I can definitely tell when you're trying to elevate things, when you're just trying to let things roll. And it's stall. such, like, its own skill set where if you're not doing that regularly, you're just going to go up and do whatever because yeah. you just you just want to do something. And I don't think people really appreciate that. Well, it's unless you're in the position, it's in cognizant of all of it, it would be tough to know. And until you've done it wrong. Like, I've gone up. So many times hosting a mic in the early days, I would go up and try to kill 20 times with my bits, and that's not what the room wants or needs, and it's not going to happen. So it's much more easy to use what the person on stage had, work with it just a little bit to keep the pace. Like you said, you want to try to hit somebody in stride for the next person on stage. You don't want to destroy the room. Like you don't want to destroy the room and, and... have people pounding the table, and then I go, all right, give it up for Joe Alanis, and they just go like, yeah. Because they just, they blew their load on me. <laughs> <laughs> but you also I don't want to someone, be, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want a crowd to blow its load on me 18 times, once at the beginning, once in the end, once in the middle, once, I'll and take three it. loads from a crowd per night. That's that's, besides a, that's that, a low load night besides, for you. Besides that, just give me a little spray. But you also have to be actively listening to everybody. 
which is something that it can can be tough <laughs> yeah right because i'm in the room and i kind of if there's somebody brand new i will listen to them right if there's somebody that's like really nervous about trying something new i'll actively listen to them um and then there's just comics i just actively listen for because i like their stuff but there's times when like you know i'll go three comics in a row without really actively listening just kind of passively listening while i'm on my phone right. while i'm doing something else but still in the room trying to be supportive uh try to laugh when i can so that the hopefully the room kind of picks up on it and it kind of rolls throughout the room right but in order for you to reference a person's joke or just kind of piggyback off of what they don't you have to be actively listening to 18 comics 15 comics whatever the case is i i just find that is so mentally tiring the other part is that everybody the crowd and the comics off stage almost all of them have a little thing that they want to talk about off stage too so you got to kind of play principal but it's it's you know i was i was talking to a comic last night and i was like i don't know if it's just me and because i've been in this world for so long but i'm like i this crowd is so great because they're actively listening to everybody and a lot of them come week after week Mm -hmm. like like a beat they don't miss it they just they're there week after week and a lot of times they're doing the same stuff because we're trying to craft what we do and they stay active the whole time and i was talking to somebody last night and i was like these crowds are so good like I forget how good they are because right. I I'm passively listening to like to half the half the comics, but if I had to actively listen to everybody, oh, which they are hours. doing for three hours, I'm just like, I don't see how they don't get tired. But I also remember that they already think what we're doing is it's something that they they think takes such balls to do that they already just respect people going up there. I guess. And I, I think that that already sets like a really great tone for the audience because it's like, look, none of us would be up there and we show up week after week and none of us have even made an attempt. Yeah. And, but I, I, but watching 15 comics in a row and actively listening to all of them, that would be, you know, week after week after week. How about the heckler that we had to start the show last night? So that guy had done comedy before. I was talking to him. I was actually sitting at the table with I, him. Well, let me let me let me just frame it at first. I knew when the guy walked in that it was going to be a problem because a very specific and I'm not generalizing this particular model person, but you see it when it walks in. Dude walked in, had on cowboy boots, tight Wrangler jeans, big old good old boy belt buckle yellow pearl snap shirt tight to the vest uh he looked like al borland tim the tool man taylor's best friend exactly like him and had a big old big old white cowboy hat on and walked in now we've had guys walk in like kind of cowboyish looking dudes walk in dudes with hats you can always see somebody who walks in that way because it's them and you could see somebody who walks in like check out this cowboy shit i'm wearing and that's how he walked in and he was a little too clean as soon as he walked in i went oh this guy is gonna have to just like the past episode when i talked about that guy at the show who wore a tank top in the winter time to show his arms you could tell that this guy walked into the room going i can't wait for everyone to see how much of a cowboy i am tonight that's and that was exactly him i sat at the same table with the guy uh myself and two other comics two other female comics 
and he started asking us questions because everybody had their notebook out. Mm. And he's like, oh, are you guys going up tonight? Are you guys... Uh, he's like, yeah, I, I do comedy, but uh, you know, I, didn't, I guess the list is full. And so automatically, I'm like, okay, this guy... He wants to be on stage, right? So if you give any, if you give, and he's also just not being really respectful, <laughs> like he's overtly loud to everybody at the table. And he started talking to one of the female comics. I was sitting with two female comics and he introduced himself to, to all of us, but he only cared about the female comic who he actually was going to try to take a run at. Uh-huh. And then told us he didn't get here in, en- in enough time to sign up. So when you called him on stage because he was being he loud, wanted that. he wanted that. Yeah. So he's like, well, I didn't get to sign up. So yeah, I get to get, I get some stage time anyway. So when you called him up, he actually went into a set. Yes. Like he started like, how are you guys doing tonight? Like, and it's just like, oh crap. Like this isn't, we, I, we, he kind of got exactly what he wanted. Well, here's how I know he, he doesn't really do comedy. Speaking of watching somebody buckle is. I was a little concerned for a second because the first 45 seconds, he did okay. He did. He did all right for about 45 seconds. And even when people started heckling him, he dealt with it okay for the first minute. But then he didn't know where to go from there. And he didn't know what to do with it going okay. And I, and, I, and I'm sitting on a milk crate going, oh, there it is. There it is. Because he was just doing well. And I don't know why... It's like it's like watching an unexperienced boxer spar with an experienced boxer. Like hung in there for a minute, but as soon as those legs started to feel heavy, he panicked before he started to sh- like before he should have shut down. He panicked and shut himself down. Like he tanked himself, and I'm like, "There's there's the fall." And I saw him start to quiver a little bit. Saw him start to turn a little red. And it was only ten seconds from there he started rambling, and no one could hear what he said. And I'm like, hey, "We can't. We don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Speak we up. We don't know what you're saying." And he he said something to quit back at me, and I said, "Nobody heard it. You got to enunciate." And then he, he turned even more red, and he goes, "Rambled on." He goes, "You know, I'm a guy. I'm." Guys, I'm look. I know I'm bombing right now, but <laughs> everybody just give a good round of applause for the comic. Yeah, this is he really threw, hard he to threw do. it back on the comics. He did give it these these comics is a lot of courage. So give a round of applause for them. And uh, it takes a lot of balls to do this, and uh, and it's like you know what it takes a lot of balls showing up to an open mic with what you're wearing. <laughs> like that takes a lot of balls. True, too, but because I, we obviously know that that that. You're trying really hard to be that guy. I give him credit. He gave it a shot in an unwinnable scenario. Gave it a shot. But then you know what happened? He went back to his seat and he shut the hell up the rest of the night. Which I also respect. And he was a good audience member the rest of the night. He was respectful to all the comics the rest of the night. He was shaking hands at the end of the night telling everybody good job. It, it, but in that instance, what you did pulling up, pulling him up on stage was the best thing to do because if he hadn't gone up there, he would have been doing that the whole night. And I would have been able to deal with it. 40% of the comics would have been, maybe 20% of the comics would have been able to deal with it. But that 80%, he was going to ruin their night. Well, the crowd didn't jump on our side until about the about third comic into the night, maybe 15 minutes into the night. Sometimes it takes a while for them to get ready for comedy. And if, he, if we would have let him keep doing that, he could have won over the night. Yeah. He it could have been, been about him. 
instead of about everybody else on stage. Yeah, I went up third. I was in the in, I right was, after I was, that. I was in that first wave of this isn't going well. Right after that is when the crowd started to like people. Yeah, that's I. <laughs> no, it was know, right. I got him ready. It was right around. I got him ready. It was right around then between between uh, Doctor Mike and you. I got to tell you before I, I, I jotted this down actually before you got here. And I want to ask you about it because you've talked about living in the hood a little bit. Yeah, I've got it. I got to let the hood know. I'm I still live there. in an apartment complex, not bragging. But right before you came, I was gonna you you see my blinds on closed on the patio. I was gonna open those up so that we can just look outside out at the pool while we're talking here. And as I went to open those blinds, my nosy neighbor went walking by. I have this one lady who's a nose like she she always around at the wrong time like always creeping for something asks you like leading gossipy questions every time i see this woman she where i used to work she knew when the layoffs were coming up because she knew someone that worked there so from that point on that was about two years ago every time she sees me and including at that time during layoffs she'd go did you get laid did you get fired oh. are you and so, and so now she's she'll one go, of those people hey chris are you working and i'll say yeah i'm working and with it, almost an air of disappointment she goes oh good for you yeah do you know ryan <laughs> no i don't know ryan there's 600 people where i work oh well, if you see him, tell him I said it's like I don't even know your fucking name. I got to see a picture of this lady. I want to run into you her. You won't have to see a picture. She'll, when you walk outside, she looks like every. Like she'll she, be around. Yeah. No, she'll, she'll be, be like she listens to this podcast for sure. Like because doesn't she wants- no doesn't download it. Puts a glass to my wall <laughs> <laughs> and listens. Like she knows everything that's going on in this. She's and and she's got that. I say dads have a certain energy where they just they were born to fuck with you, like to bust your balls. She's got dad energy where like if you're walking outside, like I hope I don't see this lady right now, whatever I'm doing. She's there and she's going to ask you, you like you you're mailing something that you don't want it like it's it's something sacred to you. You don't really want to talk about you're walking out to the mailbox. She's going to be right. What's in the package? What do you got? there? Oh, is that your severance? Did you get fired? <laughs> Every <laughs> fucking time i'm like oh i will are you having to sell stuff on ebay to make ends meet we've pulled in to the parking lot at the same time before i will wait in your car sit in even though she knows i'm there and she's hanging in the pocket i will and she's a very nice lady i will wait in that car like i'm afraid of her for 20 minutes until she goes away just because i i'm introverted by i just don't want it I do that in general with people. I'll wait in my car to avoid everybody. Me too. Like or like have you ever done the thing where you see somebody at the store and you know them and you've talked to them but you just don't want to no. so you just like okay, now I got to go out to the other side of the store. Yep. Wait for 20 minutes until hopefully they leave so I can kind of just wander about the store and you do what I want to do. I do that all the time. I hate talking to people. Unless I'm good, like unless I'm good friends with somebody or know them well, absolutely. If I see somebody before they see me, I will take another route so we don't have to run into each other to not have an awkward interaction because what are we going to say? Yeah. And then you're going to run into them in another aisle and then you have to like, Oh, there you are. There you are again. Yeah. Oh, hi. Oh, Oh, hi. It's like, no, let's not do this. Oh, Hey, Uh, hey, long time. No. Yeah. That's, 
I get furious thinking about it. Okay, so the neighbor. Oh, hey, did you buy me something? (laughs) (laughs) What you getting? (laughs) Do you know your neighbors? I don't. So I uh, I reside in uh, in the hood. You don't. I I, I reside in the hood. Um, I got lucky enough that a few years ago we bought some bought a duplex, but it's not in the best part of town. Uh, so all the other duplexes around me, they kind of churn through people. Like you'll get other tenants there pretty frequently. So the this the supporting staff around me is changing pretty consistently. Um, but there are certain things that happen in my neighborhood that I'm just kind of used to. Like, oh, that guy's having a party in his front yard and barbecuing and having music on until 2 a.m. Yeah, that's that's about right. Like, I'm just kind of used to that. Like, I don't complain about that stuff. I don't I don't even really notice it for the most part. Um, <laughs> it's like living next to a train. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> After yeah. a while, like... Eh. But you know what I do know? I do know that the gangster neighbors that live down the street that if something odd were to happen around my house that they'd let me know. Oh. Like they everybody they keep an just eye out. yeah, there's just something weird. odd like hey fool the cops are coming yeah, or hey, like uh I, I seen somebody circling your apartment. Like so I you know beat what I the mean? Shit like, out of them, yeah, so it's stuff like I that. I gave someone a suplex in your duplex. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's everybody. gotta be on a <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be on his shirt. Ah, um, I just made my abdomen cramp. So they'll let you know someone was creeping around. Uh, yeah, so like it's kind of a good melting pot of like, it's a very a very eclectic group yeah. of people that live around me. We have an old, like we have a lot of older retired people around us. And then we have like the, the cholos down the street. Love it. Then we have the people across the street that are just two girls that are going through college and they live together. What's, what's that about them? Uh, why they, haven't we heard more about them? Oh, because I'm, do because they know? I'm a good person. That's why <laughs> do you they know that you do comedy them. every <laughs> Wednesday night at seven? Yeah, I don't know. One of them comes home every morning at one o'clock in the morning. The other one leaves at six. In the, I, I know their whole schedule. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. 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 The cholos come up and go, hey, you got to stop creeping yeah. around. <laughs> uh, one of them's taking biology again for the second time, according to her book. No, I'm kidding. You're just God. waiting for her to take it. So it's a pretty am I right? good, like my neighbors do weird things. Like one of them has a yard sale every weekend. Like I'm pretty sure not you're not even allowed to do that. Like, but they they do it every weekend. They have the cholos that are like barbecuing in their front yard. You have the the neighborhood kids. The amount of neighborhood kids that like yo and these kids are grown. Like they're kids, but they're grown. I've seen when I was pulling out of your place after that party. There was this kid who couldn't have been older than 10 or 11 years old. He had headphones in and a book bag, and he looked like a man. And he, he as I was pulling out, he gave me this look, kind of like, the fuck you doing yeah, around Yeah, because you grow up fast. <laughs> That's why, like, during the summer is the worst time because they're all on break. So if, I, if I'm home at 11 a.m. On a, on a Tuesday or I take a day off, like, they are all outside playing basketball on, like, they'll just grab other people's courts like their goals or whatever and like they don't ask to they just start grabbing things off of people's property and mm. you know put together like a makeshift basketball court and if you they're hood kids like they're like they are too. hood kids like where if they're playing basketball and I live on a cul-de-sac and if I circle through they'll be like hey hurry the fuck up yep. like or but with- throw something at my car and they're not trying to hit it 
but you, they're with, not gonna hit it. But they just know they're just like they're just little shitheads, and I, that's what they are. I love hood kids so much because they understand almost like the code among where I come from is you can fight somebody and still appreciate them with respect. They'll they'll throw something at your car and you could you could whoop their ass or chase them but you're still kind of cool like when i pulled out of your place i saw this kid and he gave me this look like what, what are you doing here what are you looking at and i gave him a look like what the fuck are you looking at but i enjoyed i respected him i got in the car and i said to lexi i fucking love that kid man. because because everybody knows nobody's gonna do anything to people that live in the neighborhood because we all live next to each yeah. other so like i can yell at a kid and his parents aren't gonna be like Hey, why are you yelling at my kid? It's like, yeah, he's being a little shithead. Like, yell at him. And even if we go at it, we're just setting boundaries. Hey, don't take my ball or I'm going to kick you in the stomach. (laughs) Now, it doesn't affect our friendship. Now we know about each other. But the the thing about hood kids is, man, they the way they speak to each other. I mean, I grew up I grew up in a not so great neighborhood and we were wild. But we we weren't necessarily like these kids. They're just exposed to so much more. Like you give hood kids the internet, like oh. <laughs> it's oh. like they're like world star, like for everything. Right. And these kids, like all, I was out there. This probably happened a couple months back. And uh, sometimes, like the parents are still good parents. Like some of the parents don't let the kids leave the yard, so they'll be talking to each other at each other's boundaries. So like one kid will be at the edge of his yard yelling at another kid that's at the edge of his yard because none of their parents let him like you know leave the yard or whatever and i remember i was uh leaving for i don't know if i was leaving for work or i was doing i was getting out of there and i kind of hung out in the front yard for a little bit and uh this little kid who he just like reminds me of me he's just like overweight kid that like never he's never like properly dressed he's always like in a wife beater Always super dirty. Always like whatever he's. You could see what he had for lunch because it's all over his t-shirt. He's ready. Yeah, he's whatever like, you want to do. He's ready. He's just one of those kids, and he's yelling at the other kid at his yard, and he's like, "Hey, ask your mom if you could come over." <laughs> and he's like, "I don't want to come over." And he's like, "You're being a little bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you hear all that and you see it, and it's weird, I guess, if you're not from there to see all that. Yeah, but for me, it's just like yeah, it's just another day in the hood. To see kids be grown is a is a whole other thing. Even when hood kids are sweet, there's just something too grown about them. I remember I was a teenager, and my mom lives in Texas, and I was in Texas, and I I like I went to go see this girl. Well, I don't even remember how I met, but it, I went to go see them, and they lived in the like in the hood, 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 and I got dropped off there, and we were hanging out, walking around, and the cops were there picking up somebody who I guess was a problem in the neighborhood. And there, this one house adjacent, the front porch was full of these little adorable, like four to six year old, like little kindergarten age kids. And they were like, they were adorable sounding and looking kids. There must've been a dozen of them. And while, while the, the processing is going on, while someone's being picked up and arrested, all these kids are on the porch going, y'all can't fuck with the police. Y'all can't fuck with the police. Like, my God. Those it was the kids. sweet. It was like the sweetest giggle thing ever. But they're also saying you can't fuck with, with the, the police. Yeah. Like they've they already watched next Friday and memorized it at four years old. That's just what you're exposed to like, growing it. up like that. And we've we've contemplated purchasing a home and getting out of there um, just because it just seems like the 
you know, it's. The, yeah, I like the, that though. But it's just, I would rather have kids yelling, "I you can't fuck with the police." Yeah, because now we work with people that are like, you know, I want to let my six year old watch Baby Einstein, but I'm worried about the stimulus. What if he stops reading? My neighbor, they uh. They've had the same car parked for four days, and they oh. haven't moved it. And I'm really starting to think about, you know, all of what is it doing for property value, and what. And it's just like, I don't. I just, as much as I, I, I can live in that world, I don't want to. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to have neighbors that bring me, you know, whatever it is that they're cooking at their barbecues and invite me to shit. Like I don't want that. Like right. it's just not what I'm used to. It's just people in your business. Like I, you know, at every especially like when I think of a gated neighborhood and like every, it, for some reason something happens to people in a gated neighborhoods where they have like a, a weekly newsletter and they have a magazine. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's gated neighborhoods that have magazines, fucking magazines about what's going on in the neighborhood. And it's like, do you guys think you're better than everybody? Like you guys, Oh, we live in uh seven Oaks and we, this is what little Kyle's doing at his home, and these people are going to college. And it's like, you know what? I care about my neighbors. Like, I want to see them outside, and that's fine. But I don't give a shit about what schools or kids are going to. I don't, like, I'm just not. Keep a distance, you know? I want to see your kids saying, fuck the police. Fucking right. Things like that. But I'll not, take, I don't yeah. care if little juniors are going to UC San Diego. I'll take hood people any day of the week over quarter zip people. Like those, you know, Please. it's the, the fleece person who like who sit in a circle and brag about not watching tv congratulations i'm so happy for you that that you whatever the fuck you or people who uh i've had this happen a lot uh i've had people who come over to me and there there's a big there's a few private schools here in town like like high school private schools junior junior high private schools and By the way, that's be, where the real wild shit's going down. Yeah, that's that's oh, there's definitely lots of cocaine at those schools. But I've had people come over and be like, "Oh, so um, as it turns out, little little junior got accepted to go to blah 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 private school." And it's like, "What if I told you they accept everybody? Like, what if I told you you just have to have the money to pay for it and they'll accept you? Like, yeah, they're gonna make you through go through the loops of like." Send us a paper, like with two paragraphs, telling us about Junior and what extracurricular activities he's doing, and what your family does, and what all these things. That's to make you feel special. Like there's some kind of like evaluation on your kid. Really, it's an evaluation of your pocket. Doesn't Can you afford to send your kid here? Because I know some awesome kids that are standing out in front of their lawn and saying "fuck the police." That I would rather be hanging out with, or talking to, or teaching than little Junior who takes piano lessons and does xyz but this is to make you feel good about being wealthy or rich or your place in life like they accept 100 percent of the kids that can afford to go there the thing is is the kids in my neighborhood can't afford to go there makes you feel good to say that your kid was accepted like come on was accepted like you just had the money. They accept they're accepting your payment. I don't know. I get really But of bad. course you don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you you go, ah, great. But no, you want it you in in your heart of hearts you want to go, "Hey, that's not an achievement." Right? Cuz we all get into high school, bitch. Yeah, like oh, the, guess what? The books say the same shit no matter what <laughs> school. Like <laughs> chapter 2 in history 101 is the same either way. Yeah. And so it's what the kid wants to do. Look at we had people who, in my school growing up who could have qualified to go to the fancy private school. We just called them either rich 
were nerds and they stayed with us. You know why? Fucking hood. That's yeah, why. That's why. Because that's why. And I just don't know. I just I that irks me a little bit. But yeah, I, we've thought about leaving the hood a couple of times. We've started looking at homes and doing things like that. But at the same time, it's life is too easy for us to actually want to leave. And that's just kind of it, I I can't imagine living in a neighborhood like that has amazing homes but no character. Yep. Like I like well, to. And and the atmosphere, it's not always this way, but a lot of times we talked, I've talked about being a big guy, social contract guy, and it annoys me when people break social contract, when they act in a manner that if everyone else did it, it would be chaos in the streets. I think you, it's, I run into that more in the posh people that I'm surrounded by because they're too, like they're too comfortable in life. Life has been too sweet for them at least as of recent times in their life when you get catered to too much you start to lose sight of other people around you here's an example i didn't realize this until i realize it every now and then um i ran into it this morning at the grocery store i think i've got a prejudice against tall people and and i'll explain why like taller than me because i'm a i'm in the middle ground i'm about six one but i'm talking like generalizing six three six four taller there's a certain level of of comfort that they have that bothers me like when i let me let me put this in your head and tell me if you see this right away a guy he's in his 50s he's six foot five he's got on flip-flops khakis a loose like pullover loose just fucking throwing his belly out into the world he's got a starbucks cup with a fucking with a sleeve around it in a place where you shouldn't be drinking a coffee and he and he looks so relaxed for no reason he looks and they're like they're always too loud too loud yeah taking up too much space too comfortable i don't like it and they're always the guys like if they're in a line they're going to be like hey what's holding this up come on hey guys yeah let's get this moving if we're at the dmv he's the guy that's going to unfold 17 pieces of paper of like no i take my time because i just yeah. i just take up this also sweats too much amount of space <laughs> and i think it's because they're tall first of all it's do you know they've done a study and I, this is anecdotal i didn't read it and to see if it's a real source but i want to say that like 70 percent of CEOs are above a certain height or something like that. It's like Oh yeah, I believe that. Like seventy percent of CEOs are taller than six three or some shit like that. And most of them are named like Steve. Yeah, and they oh. and I think that relaxation comes because they're quite literally sitting above everything. Like when you're if you were in a helicopter right now, you'd kind of look down you or in your when you're in a plane, you look down on the chaos that is typical humanity and you're like, I'll just kind of see how this shit plays out. You feel a little bit more comfy and spread i think that's how they go through life and it it bothers me especially because i'm in between i'm not tiny where i can have like a napoleon syndrome and it's okay i'm six one which means i'm just tall enough to not be able to see or comfortably access anything in my house my refrigerator my drawers my washer my dryer my cabinets i can't comfortably access anything in life but i'm not tall enough to where the world socially kind of caters to that you're you're tall enough for middle management. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Tall enough for middle management. <laughs> I am tall enough to run one enterprise location. Yeah, you can ha you can have four people report up to you. That's but it. You got to have a couple inches. I to can get have an survive. assistant manager. With two direct reports, and that's it. And that's and it. And that's it. You can, yeah. I, 
I can't say tall people bother me. I think it's mostly just rich people bother me. Same thing. Comfort. Rich people. Yeah. Th- yeah. People who are just too. I've never had anything go wrong. They're weird prejudices, but like I said, men who wear flip flops to run errands, I I look at and I go, especially if they have a family, I look at and I go, what the, what are you doing? Yeah. What if something broke out and you had to chase something or run away with your f- family? You just expect that everything's going to be okay today. Because everything has it. gone okay forever. It's a weird mental tick for me, but when I see it, I go, I don't I don't like that shit. Yeah, there's. But that kind of sticks with you. So, like, I'm one of those people, like, at work, I like to cross every T, dot every I, double, triple, quadruple check everything, right? Reason being is because I've had things go right, period. Not just at work, like, in life. Like, I know if I don't check this, something is going to go bad. And there's just people who are like, no, just submit it. It'll be fine. Like, no, we'll just show up five minutes before. It'll be fine. So, like, for instance, um, this is probably a great example. If... You're running a comedy show. You show up early. You 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 try to sit in every seat. Not every seat, but like every angle of seat. So you can see what they're going to be able to see. Hear I'm, what they're going to be able to hear. Do all those things and get everything ready for the night. Because you know that things can go south really fast, right? And then there's people who are just like... No, I'll show up five minutes before. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get there two minutes before and realize there's no microphone, realize we don't have sound, and it'll be fine, and things will work out because things just work out for me. Well, you're good enough not to say it to me, but I know I've driven you crazy bef- setting up before comedy shows before because you'll come out to Tembler and we'll be setting up, and I've caught myself doing it a few times. You'll pull out a table and chairs, and I will move it four inches to the right (laughs) yeah (laughs) you'll put it you'll put out a chair and i will move it four inches away and i'll see you look at me and not say it and i'll go you know what i'm gonna walk away and let him do his thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna leave him the fuck alone we need this yeah and i'll be like we need this right here and it's literally it's literally just like like that well it's your room so you know how you want it set up you know what works inside and and in reality like i just want to get there sit put the tables out so i can grab a a drink and just sit down and chill out for a little while so and so to me it's just like oh chris is gonna have us move this two inch to the left (laughs) like oh yeah it's gonna make a huge difference let's do that uh i guess for open mic it's a little bit different because it should be to me a little bit awkward a little bit uncomfortable that's just kind of part of open mic is we're going to put you in an uncomfortable situation. It's not going to be ideal, but you're going to work through it, and that's kind of what all this is for. Right. But a paid show where... We're getting an earthquake right earthquake. now. Earthquake! This is my first earthquake that I've felt in California. Earthquake time! I hope it's an earthquake. I hope it's not my nosy neighbor pushing on the Actually, house. Actually, let me... I think we're... Getting okay. an earthquake. Yeah, let me... We just got an earthquake right now. It's a... It's still going. Holy shit. Yeah. We're Let me call my... Uh, 20 seconds into this. Should we pause so I can call my family? Yeah, call them and see if they're okay. No, let's Let it run. Let it run. Let it run. Let's get the earthquake. This is the benefit of having nothing on your walls. Hey, are you guys okay? Did you feel the earthquake? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys cause the earthquake? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so nothing strong. fell. You guys are okay? Yeah, we're fine. Like, I thought it was me being busy. Oh. Okay. But then I saw the blinds moving, and I was like, oh my god. 
Yeah. We'll make sure uh, everything's okay. Like, nothing I fell. Think we're fine. Okay. All right. Nothing fell. We're, we're fine. Okay. Call me if you need me, okay? Are you still there? Yeah, we're recording right now. Like, I'm literally recording right now. You're on the podcast, Maritza. Oh. <laughs> all right. Okay. Just, all right. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. All right. Try not to be around anything that'll fall on the unit. Okay. Love you. <laughs> Love you, honey. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. She said she loved me too. You fucking hear that, listeners? Yeah. Me more. That was interesting. Right? First earthquake? First earthquake I've felt since I've moved to California. Are we sure somebody just didn't do a suplex at the duplex? One of my balls fell out. That's what, <laughs> that's what happened. Suplex in the duplex. <laughs> Yeah, the f- that was a side to side wall shaking earthquake. Yeah, right that there. was a. Uh, that's gonna be. I can't wait to jump on Facebook. Oh, did you good feel sh- the earthquake? Oh God! Here's my opinion on the earthquake. Oh Jesus Christ! You're right. Facebook is ablaze right yeah, now. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be honest. I've felt a number of earthquakes when I lived in Oklahoma, of all things, but never since I moved out to California. Really? Yep. So how did that compare? Uh, this was. This was one of the better shakes in Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, that was a good side-to-side shake. I haven't felt the ground. Mo- I feel like Will Smith right now. The ground moved no, in that the Fresh was, Prince. I guarantee that's probably the biggest earthquake we've had here in like 20 years. Because we've had small ones, but we haven't had anything. like That, shake, that shook this whole apartment. It could have been our connection. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. I think it's because uh, I feel it too. we're dropping this hot podcast. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Ju- I just felt my first California earthquake. I'm glad nothing fell off my walls or that we didn't have to save the camera or anything Oh, like yeah, that. no kidding. That would have been a pain in the ass. What were we talking about before that? We were talking about setting up the room. Oh, oh. so the uncomfortable. Like, it should be. Yeah. If you're paying. <laughs> Speaking of being uncomfortable <laughs> and an earthquake happens. You know um, what's funny is we're so first world privilege oh my god we just had a 1.4 earthquake meanwhile fucking indonesia (laughs) that's it we have by the way we have indonesian listeners shout out to my indonesian listeners whoever you are my apologies for bitching about whatever bullshit earthquake we just have (laughs) because i'm guessing you have a portion of the sea approaching you while you listen to this so please excuse our pussyfiedness oh you have earthquakes you know what uh we have earthquakes and also we don't have water Water, shade, new, nutrition. New listeners this week from Indonesia and Sri Lanka. I'm actually going to be... Nicki Minaj listens to this it's podcast. It's going to be interesting to watch back and see if the, the video shook on us a little bit. Ooh, that's a good idea. See if we we could a, see our face to look if we panicked. Yeah, so we didn't. could see. Just, what happened? What happened? Yeah. But you're be right, being, being uncomfortable. Yeah, you should be, like, for an open mic, that's what it should be. You should be uncomfortable I at all like times. I feel like for life. I was talking to somebody last night, and... Uh, another comic and i was like it was somebody fairly new i would say maybe within their first year and i said you guys are so spoiled to be able to, <laughs> to, to be able to come out to this and have 50 to 60 people show up on a regular basis to watch you try new things out i used to be able to i used to do comedy in garages i used to do comedy at art shows and ask like show up like oh there's this art show they're gonna have a microphone maybe they'll let me do some comedy and you know they, they seem like op- open-minded people maybe that'll work and just it would be one out of the first yeah after i left fresno maybe one out of every eight shows was like or eight times i did comedy not shows was like 
set up ideally for comedy. Other than that, it was like going up after Frank Sinatra singer, doing talent shows, like all that stuff. Right. And I, I was talking to this comic and I go, well, you guys are so lucky. Like, you guys get to practice stuff in front of 60 people on a regular basis, two times a week. Yeah. And, but, and I told him, I was like, but you know what you're not used to is being uncomfortable because that is, that's a whole, it takes you to not a whole new level, but you have to be able to deal with that uncomfortableness because two times a week here locally, you're going to be able to do two shows essentially, right? But if you go out and you get booked on, you know, something in San Luis Obispo, Ventura, wherever, and you're going to be showing up to a dive bar where nobody's listening to you, nobody cares, then you're going to struggle and you're going to think that you're just not going to be able to handle it. Right. And so they're kind of spoiled. Uh, so I told him that also. I was just kind of like, oh, fuck you guys. You guys get to well, it's a, <laughs> work out in, the, in this area. We've talked about this, and I was talking to Eddie, our, our Timbler music man, about this last night, is watching a group involved in this is a sociology study just to see how people behave and just without getting too negative from a self-interested standpoint, every week we can put about 17 people on stage. Every week, there's probably another 20 people that that would have liked to have been on if there was room for them. Every week of the 17 people that get on, every Wednesday, I showed you that by 9.30 a.m. Wednesday morning, I had at least six messages from people going, hey, my, like, whatever, hey, my dog died, can I get, hey, I work late, hey, I got whatever, like we've, and you want to go, hey, fuck you. We all have lives. Only I have to be here 90 minutes early. I've got a full fucking job, family, all that shit too. I got to be here. But you get all these things. Yeah, who else is going to move the tables two inches to the line? Who's going to do that? (laughs) We've got 17 people who are on the night, another 20 who, who feel like they should be. All 37 of those people. And then we got a 60 person crowd who's showing up to give us the grace of watching this. All 37 of those people, or maybe maybe 34 out of 37, in their mind, are, are the, of the center of their world. And the five minutes that they've spent the day preparing for, which I completely understand, by the way. I totally understand this. But the 34 of them, their five minutes is the most important part of the day, of the show, and for the most part is the only thing they have a full understanding of with all that other shit around them. And so 99% of the night is trying to fight the momentum of of a majority of people in that to keep to keep it good for the crowd without falling apart. I don't I I, I won't go off on local things. So to go because, like just yeah. small things, small things like when I'm about to announce you get by the stage. Don't stand in the back of the room because I know like I know you feel like this is your Netflix special, but no one in the crowd is watching you walk from they don't know you. They're not watching you walk from the back of the room to the stage. So instead of setting up this big professional wrestler momentum for you to make your big entrance, you're just making the crowd uncomfortable and making me look like a weirdo that I'm standing that I announced somebody and now I'm still up here 45 seconds later. Just like shit like that. It's so hard to get all those things out of the way 17 times enough 
because it's uncomfortable enough on its own when you take out all those other variables, let alone, like you said, the spoiling, the spoils of being in a good thing. Yeah, there's, it's just tough because everybody's a superstar in their own head. So like you either have two, to me, there's two lanes or there's the people that show up to an open mic. And like you said, they're waiting for their five minutes. They're, they're ready to be the superstar of the night. They're going to do that back walk from, from the very back of Tumblr to the stage and then there's those that are like, I'm really nervous to do my five minutes. I'm going to wait exactly where everybody else is waiting and where I should be waiting. I'm going to do my five minutes. I'm going to do exactly five minutes. I'm going to try my best. And I'm going to try to give people a show if I can. I'm going to try out this one new bit. And, I'm g- and that's what open mics should be. And those people are really great to work with. Right. It's the small percentage of, hey, can you come get me when it's almost my turn? No. How about you be in the room? Yeah. How about that? How about you just uh, you know support everybody else? You don't have to actively listen to everybody. Like I said earlier, I don't actively listening listen to everybody. But how about just be there? How about it's important for people, other comics that maybe look up to you, other comics that maybe really care about what you have to say. Maybe it's important for them, like for you to be in the room. Right. Maybe it's in, maybe it's important for, to have you in the room because sometimes we need people to laugh. Right. And sometimes that has to come from the comics just so that we can set the stage for everybody else, make it comfortable for everybody else to laugh. And sometimes that comes from us because this is our night because yes, people get to be in here. There's 60 people in here who decided to come out and spend some time with us, but also we get more from this. We are the ones that are actually trying to make something of this. Maybe be in the room, maybe care a little bit, maybe just All care a little bit. Or, Hey, sorry. I, I know I did three minutes past my time it's like no you're not well you're not sorry because you know you did it and this is the seventh straight week that you've done it and you're not only doing it at my place like when someone goes over their time it's not just me that notices i'm the only one you have to face but when someone goes significantly over their time the entire room if i'm hosting the entire room looks at me like we we see this shit we see and the and the hosts of other venues talk to each other as a matter of fact there was a there's a really good comic who I'm good friends with who's been doing it for a long time that a venue owner in another town I had to vouch for with this other venue owner because the uh the my my comic buddy ran the light pretty significantly not realizing it and from that point forward this venue owner was like fuck that guy we're not bringing him back and I had to nearly 2 years later I had to clear it up and go no that's not it just happened to happen on that. Just, just take my it's word not, for it. It doesn't that regularly. Was, that happen. was two years. So if you like, if you're either new comic or old comic, and you're taking liberties with things, the people notice it, and it's not like a, it's not a concerted effort. Like we'll show them. People just notice, and you're at an open mic, and you're supposed to do five minutes, and you've done nine, and the host is looking, and there's a host of another venue. Or somebody who gets a lot of shows that could bring a feature with them, they look at the host and go, "Yeah, did the same shit last because night." Because it too. doesn't matter how funny you are, and are you su- respecting? Yeah, and all of a sudden room. you're not getting work anymore. Yeah, it happens very quickly, and but it's subtle. You're not going to hear about it. But how about also if if you're working on, on on a new bit and you you think it might go over, how about just letting the host know? How about just being like, "Look." Um, this is my last bit and I know I might be on the edge because I have to do two really quick things in order to get people laughing and I'll do that for them and I'll let them laugh at that but also I have this one thing I've been really wanting to try 
and I've done it five times in my head and I've done it five times in the mirror and I'm kind of at like five something when I put everything together but I'm just I want to let you know that this this bit about being at the car wash is the last thing I'm doing so if when I go into that, just know that that's the last thing I'm doing, and it might be over about thirty seconds, Here's, right? Just give a heads up, just so that you're. It's not making you press them. It's gonna let them actually be successful because it's like, all right, I may or may not go over. But hey, if I'm done early, I'll also give back the time to the room. And if, yeah, and if I can account for it, I can account for it. But if I can't account for it, it hurts the rest of the comics. It might take someone else's time away. Yeah. Here's something I would be in support of, wiffle ball style, right? If because this happens. If the, if you're a comedian on stage and the time comes, do you need to take that? And the time comes that I'm about to take the step, like you're, I lit you, you just finished a joke, and now I'm walking toward the stage. If you do that thing that the comics often do where you, where you say to the crowd, I'll leave you with this one, which they just think you're getting ready to go. But really what you're doing is telling the hostess, I know my time's up, but fucking me... Yeah, I, hey, I know. I know my time's over, but me is. But me, more important. But more importantly, me. Not done with me yet. I know I'm done, but I'm not done. I should get to have a tomato, and <laughs> like wiffle ball. When I stop, when you say I'll leave you with one more thing, I should be able to take the tomato and try to throw it at your fucking head. Now. Like wiffle ball. If I hit you, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess not one more thing. If I miss you, you can continue doing comedy until I gather the tomato again and throw it at you again. <laughs> and at any point in your joke, if I hit you, joke's over. If I can, if you can get that full joke out, take the full joke out and take the two minutes. I just, just That's be, a good new rule. Just be respectful. It doesn't have to be at an open mic. It could be anywhere in life. Just be respectful of time. Be respectful of people around you, people who are working with you. Just be respectful. On a lighter note, today is the 4th of July. Yeah. Freedom, baby. Freedom. Freedom. These colors don't, don't run. You said you're just Freedom. doing it with your family. Freedom family yeah, uh, you don't go to fireworks shows in town we, we've gone to fireworks shows before and like the big hoopla things it's just not my 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 if it were just my daughter five years old she understands things she understands boundaries she understands she's not supposed to be jumping into lakes she knows she's not supposed to be lighting things on fire mm -hmm. she knows she's not supposed to be tagging on walls like she kind of has a feel for boundaries now my one-year-old son is an absolute unit in a bowling ball. Ex explain to the people what you mean when you say unit, because I'm sure a lot of people think that you're saying what I thought you were saying. <laughs> an absolute unit. It's like the big unit in baseball. Like so he's just a big. A he's big, just a big kid. He's an absolute. A bull unit. in a china like, he's, shop. Uh, he's he's thick. He's uh, he's tall, but he's thick, and he just kind of sits like a. He's a lot to chase around. Yeah, like he's just, he, he gets momentum quick because he's a big kid. And he just does whatever the hell he wants because that's life for him right now. Right. And he's, he doesn't care. He wants to touch fire. He wants to touch sharp things. He wants to hit people. He wants to yell. He wants to cry. He wants to shit on things, piss on things. That's just his life right now. Chip off the old block. Yeah. <laughs> So taking him, we, we went out to like this big firework festival thing last year. Firefest. Firefest. But uh, he was at an age where he couldn't really do anything and we can kind of manage him and maintain him. But now he's at the age where like he doesn't know what he doesn't know and he's just trying to, 
he's having a ball with the fact that he has hands and he can right. yell and he can do all these things. So like, it's probably going to be another couple of years before we go out to like a community thing. But yeah. up until then, it's just burgers, barbecuing, watching a movie, maybe buying forty dollars of fireworks, and that's about it. Because it's right. Fourth of July, like I love freedom, but for the most part. I'm just, I, I don't want to be around a ton of people. That is freedom. Not going there. Yeah, exactly. That's true freedom. Yeah, that's real, that's real freedom. And I don't want to go to the fireworks show either because it takes so long to get out of there at the end of the night. I just don't want the hassle. I want to, here's something that happened to me at the gym this morning. Gym corner. I don't know. This is this is Jim Corner, Meathead Corner with Chris Flail. <laughs> That's actually a Bill Simmons thing. But no, we won't knock their thing. Speaking of being in between places in life, I am in between in, in two manners. One, I'm vaguely beige, not brown, but beige. Um if you if you know what to look for, I think I'm pretty Middle Eastern looking in like in my yeah, face like they, and shit. They turned up the contrast like, a little bit. Yeah, I'm right. This is being monitored. Yeah, this is this this <laughs> people are listening. This is on it. Yeah. So so if you I go through two different wavelengths. Some people who were do like racial shit, they'll not like me as just thinking on whatever it is they don't like. If they don't like Middle Easterners, they they nail it. If they don't like Puerto Ricans, they think I might be that. If they don't like, you know, all, all these th- like things. You're very hate. You're very hateable. Vaguely, but also, um, a lot of white for whatever reason, a lot of white people will say just off color shit to me about other races, and I always, whenever they say it to me, I don't know if they just if they just say it freely all the time. Not a lot, but I guess not a lot of white people do. But But I mean, like twice is enough. Some of my fellow Caucasians, I would say this happens once every week or two. We'll say something. That's pretty frequent. That's a lot. We'll say something off color to me to where in my mind, usually I'm gone by the time I really even understood what they said. But in my mind, I'm going, I'm, I'm vague enough that you don't know what I am. Why would you feel so comfortable? Do you just think I'm like Italian? Like, what do you, what would make you feel so comfortable saying this to me if I'm not like you? But even if I were like you, I would look at me and go, eh, I might not say this to him. So today, I have a theory, but go. Okay. Today I was at the gym and I ran into this guy who's a guy who's always been nice to me, big white dude, bald head. Maybe it's the shaved head, but, Maybe. but, I run into this guy and I'm like, "Hey, what are you doing for the Fourth of July?" And he says something. And I say, "Yeah, I'm not going to the, I'm not going to the Riverwalk. It's too crazy, too many people. What about you? you? You going out to the fireworks show?" And he goes, in passing, as he's walking away, he goes, "Ah, not doing that. Too many Mexicans there." Yeah. And I was like, "But to be fair, there are too many Mexicans." <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I've a- been there, and I was like, "There's a ton <laughs> of Mexicans." There's here. too many Mexicans. As a matter of fact for too many let's get the fuck out of here i guess like adding the two to it right like you could say there's a lot of mexicans there and he's right there are a lot of mexicans but too many mexicans what is that like what is that like too many people i get what about having like 
What could there be? What could they be doing that makes them be in Mexican specifically too many? Although, I, here's what I thought. As soon as you said, I don't want to go there because I got two kids. I wanted to say it's because you know in their blood they need one of those one of those light up things. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, they make a killing selling those light up things to the to the little little. Well, Oh, so Spaniard kids. I think I think what he what he means by too many Mexicans. Um, well, first my theory. I'll, I'll do my uh, theory. Your theory on why people say off color racist things to me, assuming that I'm not whatever they're against. Yeah. So when they talk about other races, I don't think they mean like like the people in their office, right? So like, because I've had that happen to me before, where it's like I'm at work or I'm somewhere, and somebody will say something off colored about a race. You know, uh, oh, there's too many Mexicans, right? What they're saying is there's not too many Mexicans. It's there's too many poor Mexicans there because they're talking to you on a socioeconomical level. Like, look, I know you're Mexican, but we're not talking about your kind of Mexican. We're not talking about these this articulate his, these articulate Hispanics. We're talking about the ones that are going to be barbecuing carne asada and swimming <laughs> in lakes when they're not supposed to. Like and shitting in the lake. By the way, sounds way better than anything that anybody at that job would do. <clears throat> but this wasn't a guy I worked with. This is a stranger at my gym. Yeah, stranger. Some people just uh... the same guy one time. I forget what town I was talking about, and I was like, "Yeah, I was there. Uh, it was a really nice time." He's like, "Yeah, it's a great place to visit, but wouldn't move there because you know it's a little too dark." And I'm like. Compared to you, I'm a little too yeah, dark. Like, like, what are you talking about? What you, why would you say that to me? It's even if you let's get past why would you say that. That's a conversation that's never going to work. But if you're that guy, why would you say it to me? Yeah, like what makes you think I'm just going to be okay with you saying this and I'm not going to walk away awkward? Look at my skin. You know, someone in my lineage fucked whoever you're talking about at some point. <laughs> We've crossed paths in the in the past. <laughs> yeah. DNA wise, I might not be the thing, but someone in my ancestry was banging the, the, the whatever it is. It's uh, it's people are strange. Man. Yeah, people are people are strange. I don't know. I I'll never get it. Uh, and I don't think I've ever been that guy. I mean, I guess we don't notice it when we do it, but I, that's not something I'd say. Yeah. But too many Mexicans. There are a lot of Mexicans. There's at too the, many at Mexicans. That 4th of July thing. There's too. There's too many Mexicans in this apartment right now. That's true. Too many. Me and then whoever we cross paths <laughs> with is somewhere in your lineage. <laughs> Here's a question for you. You're going to spend 4th of July with your family. Do you light fireworks for your family? Yeah. You do? You have to. Like, You mean as like the father of the family or do you mean as like, do we light them or do we watch other people's fireworks? Do you light them? I light them. I'm the only one that can light them. My kid will my kid will blow his face off. My daughter will probably do the same thing. And uh, the fiance not really her thing. So it's gonna be me. <laughs> not really her thing. That was a quick downgrading. I don't my even kids know. Kids will she's blow a, their faces off. I don't even my know if she's wife. officially supposed to be here. She's from Mexico, so not even. You know, it, not it's now. only can't bring that heat. It's on. only fair that the real American lights the fireworks because it's really my. But to be my fair, holiday. she can't light them. She'll be at the Riverwalk anyway. <laughs> Can't light sandwich. You can't light <laughs> fires and do sandwiches at the same time. Exactly right. Now so, I do it, but I. It's like one of those things did, where it's like you always look silly doing it because the firework never, never really catches fire. You got to come back and your fuse is 
like right on the edge of it's right about to blow so, up so you gotta like run away there's no manly way to light a firework so unless like, you just go the complete opposite way and you're like i'm just gonna stand here with this piccolo pete in my hand and <laughs> be the man i want that to be my nickname piccolo pete. piccolo pete so you're like that for one day of the year you're like that dude with a guitar at a party you're like hang on Wait, hang yeah, on. you're I just doing it. the Wait. okay, okay, Wait. and you can never get the uh, the light the like. I'll probably use matches, like, and nine of them are gonna blow out before I can actually light one firework. And everybody in my neighborhood, because it's the hood, is gonna have illegal fireworks. So my I was kids are ask probably you if you gonna be scared. Fireworks. No, I just I don't ever spend more than forty dollars on fireworks. It's such a waste of money. But everybody in my like my neighborhood's gonna blow up tonight. Like somebody in my neighborhood isn't gonna have a hand tomorrow. Right, like the little kid at the edge of his, at the edge of his lawn isn't gonna have a hand tomorrow. Back home is huge for buying illegal fireworks, and my family used to buy illegal fireworks ones that didn't even make sense. You want some of this? I'll pour it in your goddamn oh, cup. I'm, I'm all right. Too. Illegal fireworks that didn't even make sense. They would buy hundreds of M80 like pineapples, which is just an explosive. It's just dynamite. It doesn't make a cool color doesn't make a nice pop it doesn't make like you know those ones they don't have a nice color but they go yeah it just boom explodes and and one of my family members would get with no exaggeration 300 of these things and all day would light these pineapples and throw them into the yard and just let them explode tie four or five of them and together at a time blow a big hole and there's no cool thing happen it's just lighting explosive and after about an hour or two someone would panic and call the cops and the cops would start driving around trying to find it and have to hide that i remember one time blue i mean blew a crater sized hole in our yard throwing these things around and i've never understood it but i will say i worry about having a family someday because i am so not the light fireworks guy do you do it with a traditional lighter or do you do it with one of them stick lighters that you stick can just lighter, pull? Most stick, of the stick lighter stick lighter you pull the trigger it at least makes it a little bit safer you don't burn your hand or whatever the hell i don't i'm going to i'm going to go to a place tonight where I know at some point in the night, like the men, you know, any dude stuff, like, yeah, we're going to light the fireworks. There, there's going to be somebody that holds it up in the, that holds a whole firework and while it's going off, just for like, not even for a photo. Like, this isn't even an Instagram thing. This is just like a masculine Hispanic thing. They're just going to stand there and hold the the, the goddamn and thing. I think that may cross over. I think that's just a dude, a bro energy, everything, because where I grew up, they did that, that same thing yeah. too. And, I know at some point they're going to want me to light fireworks and I'm going to say, absolutely not. I don't care if you think I'm a pussy. I don't care if I'm not part of the bros club. I'm going to eat a hamburger like a little bitch and watch you guys light them because I don't care if I never see a firework again. I've seen plenty. I've seen a fireworks show at Pier 39 in San Francisco where I was on a pier watching them across on the bay in front of my face with a grand finale so crazy I almost had to turn my head. It was so cool. I don't need to see another fucking firework. They're, they're cool, but they're fine if I never see them again. So I don't need it for that reason. And also, I'm 33 years old. This is not the time in my life that I'm going to blow my thumb off. I'm not going to be the. I, and You've I've, gotten too accustomed to your I, opposable thumbs. I've said that this is the point of my life where I don't hurt myself needlessly. A couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, like if when I buy a home, if something goes wrong with my roof, 
I don't give a, f- I'm paying a real man to come and fix it. You know why? Because I don't know how to roof. I don't know how to fix roofs. I'm not going to have my fucking shoulder hang <laughs> for the next 45 years. Hey, Uncle Chris, how come your leg turns the other way? Oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned. I tried to do, I tried to do my own siding and slipped off a ladder because I didn't know what I was doing. No, well, I, I think it's funny that you said you didn't say you were going to hire a roofer. You said you're going to hire a real man. A real man. <laughs> a real man to come in and do it. Because I know roofers who shouldn't be roofing either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, I know a few of those people that don't yeah. do it legally. Yeah. They, just, they just do it. That's uh, I ain't going up there. There's just no point. No. Like, I, I'm like that. Like, I'm not going to... Like, could I mow my own lawn? Yeah. Do I want to? No. You know why? Because well, I don't know shit about lawns. I'll mow my own lawn. Jesus. that's No, not me. You don't live in the hood, dude. I, I live in the hood. But who the mows who your lawn? My, I don't know. Some wait a guy. minute. I don't. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Some you dude. live. Wait a minute. You live in the hood, and you have a landscaper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the upper echelon of the hood. I'm the uh, I'm the Donald Trump of of my hood. What what nationality is your landscaper? Oh, he's Hispanic for sure. Okay. I uh, I got to give back to the people. You got to give gotta, back gotta, to gotta the community. Back. You know, we tip. We do well. Would it be speaking out of school to ask you how much your landscaper charges? It's like 80 a month. 80 bucks a month. You could buy nine Netflix subscriptions for and cut your own goddamn grass. How big is your yard? My backyard. You've been in my backyard. It's it's it's, oh, it's a good size. I've been in your backyard, yeah. all right. <laughs> That's how it's, you got it's, on it's this podcast. It's a pretty podcast. decent size, but I'm just not going to... I'm not going to take the... Because t- you know what will happen is if I try to mow my own lawn, it's just going to be another thing I get yelled at about. Oh. Where it's like... Hey, uh, have you thought about doing the lawn? Have you, you know, it's looking pretty shit. And it's just like, I'd rather just have somebody come on a regular basis, do it, not have to deal with it, not have to worry about it. Because for instance, I, I, I'm here Saturday morning at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I would have to be doing my lawn if I, if this, if I didn't have, is this worth $80? No, but it's, (laughs) (laughs) but the time I get back is nice. Is this your way of saying that I owe you forty dollars? Yeah, I gotta. So that's cool though that your fiance doesn't. She doesn't mind. She mind if you outsource the problem. Yeah, because I'm going to be a bigger problem. Right, but it's not like there are some people that would say like, no, I want you to mow the grass. We want. I want equal effort. I'm going to clean the inside. I want you to manage. She doesn't care if you bring in a third party. No, I would. I would pay somebody to clean. Our place, if if it got to that, and I've thought about it because oh. I just don't like dealing with things. Like I'm, a, I'm an ideas person. I'm not a get in there and do clean them. shit person. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a doing things yeah, person. I don't like being in the weeds. I, I got great like ideas. To, <laughs> I just I need somebody to do these ideas for me. <laughs> uh, I need lawn people for my ideas. I need I need to farm these things. You out. are a dad. That is yeah. a dad thing. I, hey, I got ideas. The kids are gonna do them, <laughs> but I got a lot of shit on my mind. <laughs> I'm working through stuff. I'm just, uh, I have solutions to everything. I just don't have the follow through. Mm-hmm. But That's I just, I, I don't like getting hung up on like who's doing what inside the house. I would rather pay somebody to just do it. Like if it were up to me and I wouldn't be seen as like a jerk for just being like, look, I'm going to pay somebody to clean inside the house once a week because, well, the truth of the matter is I couldn't, I, I probably couldn't, I don't. I can't rationalize having somebody every day come and clean, and really that's what we need because we have two kids. So that place is, we've cleaned, and like literally 30 seconds later, there's shit on the walls. And it's like, oh, great. Isn't that interesting that there's more stigma to having a professional come 
clean inside the house than to have a professional come clean outside the house instead of you. Why? Because you, think- you got a maid. But everyone can. But, but nearly nobody would see your maid. Everyone sees your landscaper, your grass maid. Yeah, but it's kind of douchey. And I've heard people say this, and I'm always like, really? Like, what if it's it's, it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. Uh, the cleaning the cleaning lady comes on Tuesday, so we need to we need to have the door open. We need to leave her a key. We need to like whatever. And it's like, how about you just fucking do it? How about that? How about you clean your house? How about you pick up after yourself? I got a solution that that makes it seem less hoity-toity. You get a maid. But it's one of those clean the house with their titties out. Made. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, I know where this is Tits going. Tits out made. By the way, could be a man. Could be a man. You Listeners, you assumed. Yeah. You assumed that, that I was being chauvinist. It could, it, yeah, it could have been. But they have those, right? They have those services where you clean with your tits out. I hope so. I need a job. I, <laughs> I, I have a mess at home. I wouldn't mind getting it. <laughs> But I think there's something about like, uh, so the inside, if you're cleaning the inside, people are picking up after you, right? If people are doing your lawn, they're just taking care of something that naturally occurs. Your grass is going to grow. There's nothing you can do about it. It has nothing to do with you as a person. But if you're a pig and, you just, and you're lazy and you don't want to pick up after yourself, that's kind of like, I think that's where that, I why see. it seems a little douchey, where it's like, geez, just pick up after yourself. I see. Where outside it's like, yeah, it's I can see, yeah, it's, it's growing. You it's, have to. Do it's not like about Chinese it. food containers are growing on your living room floor. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of doing the neighborhood a, a solid when you take care of your grass. That's true. You're not Property values. It, you're not making it nice or. But aren't you doing your neighbors a solid if you bring some titties around the neighborhood? <laughs> I always bring titties around the neighborhood. <laughs> my titties are always around the neighborhood. I'm gonna start a service for me personally where I clean homes with my tits out. And the logo is going to be me squeezing my tit on my T-shirt. And the tagline is going to be, don't cry over spilled milk. <laughs> I want to start a service, a security <laughs> service, <laughs> where we take down all all, all intruders with duplex, with suplexes. <laughs> you got your heart, your your WWE Heart Foundation the T-shirt. Heart Foundation T-shirt, just suplexing everybody. <laughs> Su- suplexing, suplexing your duplex. <laughs> That's kind of a way to say, like, stick it in your ass. Yeah, put that suplex in your your duplex, duplex, bitch. (laughs) We're coming up with slogans. Slogans. Suplex in your duplex. That's good for me. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to talk about. Yeah, thanks for sticking around for the earthquake. Yeah. That's true. That's true dedication. We stuck through an earthquake. This is going to be history. Like, we will look back on this catalog at some point in our lives. And when we do the montage, when one of us dies, and let's be honest, it's going to be soon. And it's going to be me. We don't have a lot of life. And it's going to be (laughs) self-inflicted. And you're going to be like, we have that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have that one time. Well, we were an earthquake. It'll be a nice candid moment. Yeah, it'll be like when I can play the clip. Yeah, that's right. Play the play the clip. Cut you out of it. It, This guy had this guy. He uh, what what word am I searching for? He was so focused that even an earthquake couldn't shake him from doing his podcast. Oh, can't shake him. But let's say this happened at work. We would have been outside. There's a tagline: Earthquake response unit can't shake us. Have a happy 4th of July, Americans. And to you non-Americans, I hope you enjoy doing something today. Thank you for listening, not only to the podcast, but to our gloating about being in the great red, red, white, and blue. Born in the USA.